Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. Caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. 35-34. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. Hey, that was a good start. Hey, that was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this fabulous Friday live from the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, Scott Spicer in the house. We talk some handicapping this hour, some college basketball, games on tap tonight. Full slate of games coming your way tomorrow, so look forward to that. Plus, we'll uh, get you updated on the latest NFL news and more. And don't forget, Hoop Central coming your way here at the Westgate Las Vegas, March 16th, 17th, and 18th. Uh, the 16th, 17th, Thursday, and Friday, of course, we'll be doing the show live here from the Superbook, but inside the International Theater, the 4K video wall, 1,500 seats, food and drink specials, you can't beat it, big screen TVs, and betting stations in the International Theater as well, too. So uh, we get ready for that. Look forward to that. Always a huge extravaganza here at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right. Uh, we continue on here on this fabulous Friday. As we kind of say goodbye to football and everything. We say hello to college basketball and the NBA even though we got to the NBA All-Star Game coming up this week. I don't know how excited we are about that, but anyway, that's another thing. It's in Utah. It's nearby. <laughs> and our good friend Scott Spicer is in the house. What's going on, my man? What do you mean no football? we got XFL tomorrow. Uh, Come I, on. I was actually going to say that, too. I go, have you, have you, either one of you guys spent any time handicapping the XFL, or do you do the XFL? I don't know about you, Marco. I'm going to check it out tonight because the one thing that we did as betters uh, in the USFL last year was which team had the better quarterback yeah. by handicapping's done. Right. <laughs> and, and they won. And so I'll be looking at it a little bit tonight. Just, you know, I got to do college basketball as I'm sure Marco does tonight. Yeah. And, and uh, that'll take a few hours. But after that, if I'm, if I'm feeling up to it and have some time and I'm awake, <laughs> I'll be looking at the XFL a little bit just to see. And it might not be a bad way to make a few extra bucks and, or maybe just right. watch the opening weekend and go from there, you know. Yeah. I'll watch a couple of weeks and see if anything stands out to me. But as Scott said, it, I love what I do. I've been doing it, you know, since 1980. But there's one day a week during college basketball season. You don't want to be around me on Friday nights. <laughs> I, am not, I am miserable. <laughs> you have no social life on Friday nights. And, uh, you know, what do we got, like 120 college basketball games yeah. to look that, at tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. So I know, I know Marco spends a lot of time on it, too. And that's and I used to tell TC all the time, like, gosh, Fridays are tough during college basketball. Yeah. Uh, to go, you know, to be on uh, in person and do these shows, and and uh, it's it's a good eight hour day grind at least on college basketball, and you know what I've done, Marco, is and you probably had little ways to do this to try to make it a little bit easier because when you're looking at a hundred games, it's paralysis by analysis. Sometimes <laughs> you're just like head spinning halfway through the card. Yeah. And what I started doing is I was looking at a lot of teams like i'd start on monday and see what their schedule was going to be for the next couple of games and try to find spots i can look at this team on saturday if they did this during the week and and that kind of eliminates a lot of the uh the craziness because we're old men now Marco's been doing this since 1980, and you know it's barely got brain cells to every, last. Every week he wants to talk about showing his age and talk about getting a haircut. Well, don't laugh. Uh, you know, I'm getting a haircut. Hey, it doesn't matter how old you are. You still got to trim things up a little bit. You know, I'm so, catching up to you so, guys, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. I appreciate that. But uh, no, a shout out uh, again to both of you guys uh, because people don't realize that you're looking at these college basketball games. It's not like you guys are just looking at. Okay, you know, I'm just you know, I'm taking the, the top conferences. This that. No, you guys are looking at UW Green Bay uh, in the Horizon League going up against Robert Morris or whatever and this and that. And seriously, right, you're spending just as much time on each one of these games so you can, again, you know, try try to find uh, that winner, especially for your clients and everything. So I know how seriously you guys, uh, you know, take it. And most people do not 
uh, go that uh, deep into it. But uh, again, I'm sure I'm sure that you know both of you guys are going to give us a, maybe a potential winner tonight, which is a very light card and has you know Mount West Conference, Horizon League, uh, Ivy League, those sort of things. But sometimes you can you can find niches in there, right? It used to be great on Friday nights because you'd have nothing but Ivy League. Yeah, yeah. And I used to call it, you know, my brain chain Friday. <laughs> and, and you'd have like maybe six games to handicap. It's a little bit more now, a dozen, 15 or whatever. Yeah. But I do tend to look under the radar too. Last night on your show, we had North Dakota State, right? Uh, which got the win. And tonight, I'll we'll talk that. about yeah. a little bit about what I'm looking at. But uh, I, I don't know about you, Marco, but I haven't found anything on Fridays that I can remember this season, other than maybe in November and early December, that just really says, "Oh man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta step on the pedal a little bit on this game." It's it's not those kind of games on Fridays. No, for me, for me either. I actually have one play tonight in the Horizon League that you do. <laughs> Bonus question: You threw of all the teams you threw out, you threw out Robert Morris. Where are they? Where are they from? <laughs> Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania? Uh, they're, they're in Pennsylvania. Just outside Pittsburgh. Yeah, there yes, go. Exactly. Uh, just, uh, yeah. and, and again, they uh, were, were not a Horizon League team for all the years that I was there. But uh, again, I was at the UICs, the Detroit's, Youngstown States, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, the reason I throw UWGB got to be the worst team in all of college basketball. Uh, just and again, <laughs> they, they didn't cover again last night. Uh, yeah. Even they when they were getting they just let the players just roll the ball out. The <laughs> it's strange because they used to take a lot of pride in they that did. program. Yep. They did, but man. Uh, a uh, new coach this year, and man, they they're 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 dreadful. And of course, remember I talked about it a couple weeks ago when they played UW Milwaukee, and I figure, okay, Milwaukee is going to drill this team. Whatever, <laughs> Green Bay goes in there, gets their their only conference win. Rivalry. You got to throw the stats out for rivalry. Games. Exactly. All right. Before we get to college basketball, guys, uh, let's uh, get everyone caught up uh, on the NFL news. We talked a little bit uh, last hour about Eric Bieniemy leaving the Kansas City Chiefs and going uh, taking the job with the uh, Washington Commanders, so a little bit strange with that. But I uh, just want to let you guys know that uh, as we speak right now, Aaron Rodgers is now in the darkness. <laughs> That's right. He is in the darkness right now. Four days. <laughs> in the house. Undisclosed location. No light. One meal per day. Delivered through a little screen door. Jeez. Not to be bothered. No phones. No solitary books, confinement. No electronic <laughs> devices whatsoever. Nothing. Sitting in deep thought with no distractions so he can decide what he's going to do, not only with his football future, but what is he going to do with his life. This is a big story. People have been talking about this. And and people thought that he went in last week. He was, nope, this is it. I'm, I'm going for four days. And people here in Las Vegas are thinking, he's coming to Vegas. To be the Raiders quarterback. Please don't. People got to remember, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers still hold all the cards with this. They have to elect to trade him there. So it, it's just so funny how people get a hold of a story and, and you know, he's coming to Vegas. He's, uh, hey, this could be, knowing Aaron Rodgers a little bit that I know, this could be a, 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 a hoax. He's, he could be in San Diego right now, in, in his home in San Diego. He could be on the beach, and everyone's thinking that he's in, you know, Guadalajara, Mexico. or he's in Phuket, Thailand with Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, something like that, you know? Just getting people to think, but uh, crazy. But Slipping in the Darkness, one of the great war songs of all time. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Mark, I know you probably don't know anything about that. You know, but Marco who, who, did enjoy Gloom oh, the Gang last week. I oh, did. Okay, I did. You know what? He texted me a video <laughs> or something you had said with all the people jumping around. Uh, that, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you've repeated it yet on air, but you know, something about dollar bills and all that. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm at the concert with Lori, and she stands right. In, she's in a seat next to me, but she's. In my face, dancing before the concert. <laughs> Not, you know, it's the pre-concert music. <sighs> they had some good jams going. Little Michael Jackson, you know, and he has some good su- tunes going in there. If people want to, show you, they can want to get an early start, Marco. She, she might have been working at one of the various clubs that we have in Las Vegas back in the maybe mid nineties. <laughs> well, why didn't you oblige? I mean, you, you, you have I'm you not a recognizer. <laughs> Give him my money back. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, TC texted me. Uh, where was I? Oh, I was doing the uh, the other show on Saturday night. Yeah. Out of the circuit, I get this text, <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm busting out laughing as I'm talking. Totally lost my train of thought, you know, which isn't hard. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Rodgers, there you go. Uh, Did they make an offer tonight? Uh, last night or today? I thought I saw like a, some new offer, or no? Green Bay. 
Green Bay? Yeah. No, well, Green Bay, actually, not, not regarding Rodgers. Okay. They're going to let that thing just sit. But they yeah. did uh, re-sign Aaron Jones. Uh, he took a pay cut, actually, for this season to stay in Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Jones, scheduled to make $16 million, uh, actually took a pay cut. So he's going to take $11 million, but in exchange for a signing bonus for $8.52 million, including next season. So since... Uh, 2021, do you know that Aaron Jones has made $31 million, only second to Christian McCaffrey as far as the running back goes? So very good running back. At least he's coming back. I know the Packers you know, wanted uh, to, to get him locked up here. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. It's, but uh, why would a team, and whether it's the Raiders or whatever, want to basically mortgage you know their draft picks in future for maybe one or two years and i've said it before i don't know how you guys feel but i mean he is a declining quarterback well just look at the raiders who was the flavor of the month before aaron Rodgers? Yeah. they were going to get tom brady right. but you know he's right. welched out with oh i'm going to retire but right. all the speculation was right. because of the connection with joss mcdaniels he was yeah. done in Tampa, wanted a fresh start, and here was the team. And everybody thinks that the Raiders are just a quarterback away. They're not. There's a lot of holes yet to fill mm-hmm. on this team. Mm-hmm. So we'll, defense, we'll my gosh. Yeah. They, yeah. they haven't defense. addressed that at all. Yeah. Is what's his name, uh, the, the running back? I'm spacing off his name now for the Raiders. Josh uh, Jacobs. Josh, is he coming back? You know, I mean, probably a, not. I, I, there's, you know, that's a great he, running back. And he wants to, know. he, let's face it, his feelings were hurt because they did not extend an offer to him prior to the season or even during the season. So, no, he's, he basically said that, hey, I'm taking my ball and going elsewhere. And again, he led the NFL in rushing this year. So what a, he's in a perfect situation, and he'll just take the highest bidder. You know why they'd go after Jordan Love right now? No. Not Jordan Love. <laughs> why they'd go after Aaron Rodgers right now? I was going to say Jordan Love. If, if Aaron Rodgers signs a new contract, Love might retire before Rodgers <laughs> by the time it's all <laughs> right. said and done. But uh, the reason I think the Raiders would, you know, were thinking Brady and then taking Aaron Rodgers is because they got a head coach right now who's got to win this year. And he doesn't want to go have to get a draft pick and hope he's got a rookie who can play or some, you know, backup who doesn't deserve to be a number one, you know, in the NFL, currently in the NFL, uh, and and have to mold him into this system that the Raiders are trying to install and play. But, my gosh, that's, you know, it's a situation where you better win this season because I'm going to tell you what, if they start out three and seven, four and seven, something like that, he might not make it till the end of year two. So I think that's probably what's facilitating all this Aaron Rodgers talk around Raiders camp is you've got a coach who's got to win now. Yeah, no question. Again, when you lost your quarterback for nine years, uh, it holds every record that the franchise has. You're thinking, okay, well, we got Jared Stidham. Well, let's look at a veteran guy. That's what that's what fans are speaking. It would not surprise me if McDaniel's and Dave Ziegler, the GM, just say, you know, hey, we got Jared Stidham. We went to the trouble to bring him over here. Let's see what we got. But again, you got Lamar Jackson's name is out there. Um, again, and if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere outside of Green Bay or, you know, Derek Carr goes somewhere else, then, you know, we're going to be hearing other names too, like maybe Sam Darnold, other people like that. So I I don't know. But uh, speaking of Derek Carr, uh, the news today that uh, he's visiting with the New York Jets this weekend. Uh, Now, this is kind of strange, guys, because this is a – not strange, I shouldn't say, but the Jets are strange. But this is a departure from where the Jets – have been in recent years. Their philosophy has always been, hey, let's get a quarterback through the draft. Well, let's, let's go back and see how well that worked, right? <laughs> you got to go back to what, to, uh, 20, 2009 <laughs> with Mark Sanchez, right? right? The butt fumble right there. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold in 2018, and then Zach Wilson 2021. Since 2010, their last playoff season, the Jets have the fewest touchdown passes and have the most interceptions. I wonder why. Because they can't get it right. And I don't, no know about, by, I don't know about, well, I know, but when they went and reached, and they reached for these quarterbacks, all from the West Coast, by the way, which was kind of strange. Uh, I don't think anybody thought Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, or even you know Zach Wilson were going to be anything. But now we're hearing um, Woody Johnson, their owner, said, hey, listen, he goes, this, the quarterback is the missing piece, which is true, to the Jets. And he goes, I have no problem to pay big bucks. It's weird to hear an owner say that because oh, now they're going to just you know hold the guy hostage. But Derek Carr is going to visit. Do you like Carr going to the Jets? If I'm Derek Carr, I go to the Jets. I'm telling you, man. I mean, that team's they could be in the running, you know, this year if they get the right quarterback. They've got everything built around them. They got a great coaching staff, good defense, and Brees Hall. 
Yep. If he comes back and he's 95% of what he was before he got hurt, that is a star, obviously, I was going to say in the making, but he's already kind of made himself in the league in just a few games that he played before he got hurt. He was on his way to a huge season. So I think they got everything. A bit. The only thing that scares me about the Jets is Nathaniel Hackett. You know, <laughs> now he's the offensive player, the right, OC. Right. That's a little scary, but he has that success. Well, with Aaron Rodgers, in fact, in yeah. Green Bay at one point as an OC. But if I'm Derek Carr or I'm a quarterback that the that's looking to land somewhere right now, including Aaron Rodgers, I would have no problem landing with the New York Jets. I think that team is a quarterback away from busting out. For me, if I'm a quarterback, if it's not all about the money, I'm looking for an NFC team because the AFC is stacked sure. with, with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be ignorant to the fact, but I don't think Derek Carr has the, the, the mindset to handle the New York media. You saw, you, on that. Yeah. you saw how emotional he was at different times during the season. And that's our media. Yeah, that's it. We're, we're is, just this uh, is tenfold. Yeah, in New, New York, York with the Giants and the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think he has the the physical makeup, mental makeup. Let's go that way mm-hmm. to handle the pressure of New York. I agree but, with that. But he would be the best quarterback they've had in how many years? That I will agree with. But mm-hmm. I don't think it'd be a marriage made in heaven. He mm-hmm. was, and he also, Marco. You know, I'm watching obviously the games like we all mm-hmm. do here and. Boy, he would have a, like a really good game going. Then in a key moment of a game, he just makes mm-hmm. the dumbest pass or, you know, mm-hmm. to an open receiver on a third and five, and he sails at eight feet over his head. Seems like he threw to the feet more often than not. Or he made a bad decision on where to throw the foot. It happened all the time with this guy in big games or big game mm-hmm. situations. And there, he's got a lot of fans in this town. They were really coming to his defense when they said, we're getting rid of Derek Carr. I get it to a certain extent, but, man, if you're watching this with money on the line or you're watching this, you know, with a little bit more action than just being a fan, you saw him make bad decisions and bad throws at key times his entire time that he's with the Raiders. And here's another uh, element to Carr, too. Uh, you know, when you go to the games and you can you get a chance to see the entire field, you see that he is not going to throw in to double coverage at all, and he's not going to throw into you know basically one-on-one coverage. I mean, Devontae Adams was like banging his head yeah. so many times during the course of the game, like, just trust me, this is what I'm here for. Give me the ball. And that's what Rodgers did with Adams all the time. I mean, he sees the one-on-one, the back shoulder throws, whatever. I mean, just he's, he's going at him, and you have to trust your receiver. Too many times I saw Carr just, he look and he said, now that guy's covered, forget about it, and becomes checked down Charlie, or like you said, then he starts making the ill-advised throws. A lot of his turnovers are unforced errors, yep. too. I mean, but, you know, for me, I'm seeing him not willing to take chances, which, you, to be a successful quarterback, that's not the way to go. And I think that's one of the main reasons why he has not been that successful in his career. He's, you got to have the gunslinger mentality. You do. You do. With the ability to... Be so thick-skinned that you can handle, as Marco said, the the Northeast, the New York press. <laughs> yeah. Because, man, I mean, even the strongest of people can yeah. sometimes flake out when, when they start coming down on you. And he's going to face that. The first yeah. time it, uh, uh, they lose a game because of him, he's going to be facing scrutiny like he's never felt before. <laughs> and for those Raider fans that are clamoring for Lamar Jackson, beware of that as well, too. I don't think any of us are crazy um, about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> uh, injured too uh, much, man. Yeah, yeah. And again, talk about decision-making. I mean, that's you know, the guy is erratic uh, with his arm, and you know, the decision-making's in question, too. And Yeah, so, yeah, those are the quarterbacks that uh, that uh, we're looking at to, to probably uh, find a new home here, okay? A uh, story that broke out here last last year, guys, is the Alvin Kamara situation, if you guys remember that. Well, news came up today with uh, Kamara and Cincinnati cornerback Chris Lamont that uh, plus two other men have been indicted by a federal grand jury for assaulting a man here in Vegas last February. you got to remember when the Pro Bowl was here in town. uh, Four men were indicted on charges of conspiracy to commit battery and the battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. Uh, the hearing for the case was continued several times last year, and Kamara uh, did not receive any punishment by the NFL, pushing any potential suspension uh, into 2023 and beyond. But uh, if, if you remember this, this was a situation where he was at a nightclub and got in an altercation in the parking lot, uh, I believe it was at the Cromwell, and he beat down. A guy, a couple of these other guys beat down people, and uh, there's video out there and everything. There's a civil lawsuit that was filed uh, against Kamara in October by uh, Darnell Green Jr., the man who uh, allegedly was attacked. 
Then that lawsuit alleges that Kamara and the three men beat him and stomped him to the floor un, uh, until he was unconscious. Happened on February 5th, 2022, the night before the Pro Bowl. And his lawsuit, uh, he is seeking $10 million, but not a good sign uh, for Alvin Kamara. He didn't have a very good year. Right. I don't know if this is weighing on him or not or, or what the situation is. I've seen a couple down years uh, from him. But, uh, you know, again, kind of gives Vegas a little bit of a black eye as well, too. But, I, I don't, you know, it's really not on Vegas. I, I see these things. This is on the individual. Just Absolutely. all the other nonsense that we saw with Henry Ruggs and that situation and, you know, Damon Arnett, you know, yielding a gun and all this other kind of nonsense. But, uh, you know, the these are on the individuals. I mean, you're coming to Vegas, especially your perennial pro bowler like Kamara. I mean, you just got to be smarter than this, right? I would agree. I mean, that's I mean the, come on. Yeah, you wrapped it up in a nutshell. I mean, yeah. this, this town, you know, it's funny because when you saw some of the things that have been happening over the last three or four years or whatever, and Vegas hasn't been that bad. And it's because, man, we all work together. We're all surrounded by people from all over the place, different looking, different colors of skin, the whole shebang. And that's why it is on the individual when they come to this town, because you're not going to get harassed by the citizens of Las Vegas. There might be a tourist out there who gives you a hard time. But, yeah, I just see that. As far as Kamara and his play, I I just think he's suffering like a running back does from attrition. Mm -hmm. You know, he was used so much with the Saints going up into last year and the injuries just started to mount. And he, you're just not the same after you get a few injuries. So, and these guys who want to take on football players, you know, Mark, I was down here last week, you were on the yeah. phone, and, I'm, and I know you've done a million shows with them. I'm here with Jay Schrader, and I'm like, this guy, you know, shake his hand. First time I've seen him in person. Shake his hand, I'm thinking, this guy, he, he could throw a tight spiral with oh. a full-grown watermelon 35 yards downfield. And I'm not sure that his yeah. fingers wouldn't meet his thumb on the other side of the watermelon. And so when you're, like, a little bit tipsy and you see a professional athlete, calm the heck down. Yeah. You know, I mean, my gosh. But it is on guys like Kamara if they did this. It's on them, man. They got to they gotta just think twice. People are going to mess with you. Some people do see dollar signs when they see a big athlete. And they start things, and you just got to walk away. You just got to turn yep. around and swallow your pride and walk away. Especially in today's age. Everybody has yep. a camera yep. in their hand <laughs> with their phone. And you said it's a perfect, you know, you get somebody, egg them on, and then uh, they retaliate. You're looking for a payday. Yep. You got to have people around. If you're not smart, surround yourself with people that are smarter for you, that they can keep you out of those situations. You're making big money. You can afford having a bodyguard with you if you want to go out. You know, we talked about rugs. He should have never been behind a wheel. You know, it just everything's available to you. Yeah, Use but they, it. they don't think that way. They don't think about that. They think about again. You know, going back to rugs. I mean, he's thinking about you know, hey, his car. You know, I'm I, I don't need. I, I'm too proud. I don't need to get an Uber. I don't need to get a Lyft. Forget. It. I got I got my ride here, man. I got my hundred thousand dollar ride. No one's going to tell me what yeah. what to do. And just yeah, it's it's sad. And they're young. You yeah. know, I used to yeah. say years ago when they used to talk about like uh, Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry no. getting in some trouble in New no. York. And I'm like, you know, I had pretty good parenting, but if I'm 19 years old making millions and I'm king of New York, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know what could have happened back then. So I do understand it from that standpoint, you know, when you're young and you got seven or eight figures in your bank account and everybody worships you from the time you were 10, you got to really, really be ready to go and think about things that could happen. And like Marco said, you got to hire people who are smart enough around you to handle those situations. Eric Bieniemy leaves the Chiefs as offensive coordinator and uh, goes to the Washington Commanders. Thoughts on that, Scott? I mean, you know, <laughs> the enemy is a great assistant coach. I, I, you know, if you Google his name, you'll see all the things that are considered his baggage for a head coaching job. Do you want it or not? You know, and, and we're not in those interviews. He might be getting the shaft. He also might not be that great of an interview. You know, so that's what we've heard, actually. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I've heard he's not a great interview. He does have baggage. Um, I don't know, man. Does it help Washington? I guess, yeah. Does it hurt Kansas City? I don't know. I mean, Andy Reid, you know, seems to do all right, no matter whose assistants <laughs> yeah. happen to be. So, yeah. I don't, it seems like a it seems like what do you call it? A bilateral move for the enemy. 
I don't think it hurts Kansas City too much. No, I don't even know if it's bilateral. I mean, again, why wouldn't you just want to stay put? You got and, and keep, stay tied to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You got a budding, uh, could be superstar and running back Isaiah Pacheco. The way he is busted out, Travis Kelsey is there, and we talk a lot about you know these. Um, coaches in baseball, you know, I mentioned Don Zimmer earlier. Here's a guy that, uh, you know, he was a manager at one point in time. He says, you know, I'm fine being Joe T- Torrey's number one guy sure. and just get ring after ring after ring or opportunity after opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we see that uh, in, with, with a few other coaches, but everybody wants to, you know, again, be in charge. This seems like a, from what we're hearing, that he's going to get a chance to actually construct his own offensive crew. Uh, so Ron Rivera is going to do the it. defense, and, and I'm going to get it, you know to do that. He's not going to get a chance to do that in Kansas City, but I mean the Washington Commanders offensively. I mean, you well, good defense. You don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. you know, you're right. leaving the best quarterback in the game right now, yeah. so you don't even know who the quarterback is. Yeah, that's seems, well, seems that's, that's confidence and ego. You know, yeah. you're going to be able to develop your own offense. I just got to find me a damn quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, I'm so good. This offense is going to shine no matter if I'm a quarterback or not. I don't know. But, you know, he's obviously a very good play caller. And he was he's kind of like, sounds to me like he's kind of an assistant head coach to a certain. That's what. That's know, the role point. he's going to so, get, yeah. you know, with uh, Ron Rivera there in Washington. All right. All right. We come back. Uh, we'll start handicapping uh, the card. We'll take a look at uh, tonight's uh, college basketball and uh, some major games coming your way tomorrow as we flip the page here. And, of course, uh, each and every Saturday, uh, fantastic college basketball match as we work our way towards the NCAA tournament. The conference tournament's uh, a few weeks away as well, too, so looking forward to that. Scott Spritzer, Marco D'Angelo in the house on a fabulous Friday inside the Westgate at the world-famous Superbook. This is Showtime Sean Porter. You know I'm tuning in to the T.C. Martin Show. Clap your hands, everybody, if you got what it takes. Because I'm Curtis Blow, and I want you to know that these are the breaks. Oh, yeah, the breaks. Breaks College Basketball. I'm going to talk about that as uh, we get ramped up here for March Madness. Don't forget, March 16th, 17th, and 18th here at the International Theater inside the Westgate. It is Hoop Central. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and enjoy the madness inside the International Theater or here at the Sportsbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, and Scott Spritzer in the house. Talk a little college hoops as uh, we get ready for a... uh, a big, big card uh, on tap tomorrow. And I know that you guys uh, will be spending your nights deep into the night. <laughs> Both of you late night handicappers that uh, that you are. But uh, we do got uh, a limited card here tonight. Anything on the board you like, Scott? Yeah, I, I heard Marco talking about a potential Horizon League play Could tonight, be the same so game, right? Hoping we're on the same <laughs> side here. I, I actually laid the bucket with uh, Oakland tonight over uh, Detroit, and neither one of those two Horizon League teams are going to intimidate <laughs> or scare anybody with their defensive style of basketball, but Oakland can shoot when they do have the rock, and you know, they make a little over 51% of their twos. Uh, Detroit, 320th in two-point percentage. So there's a big gap there because, like I said, uh, the Grizzlies can hit a, a, a two-pointer or so in Detroit. Boy, they just they can go in droughts that last quite a while on the offensive end. But uh, for Detroit, their threes have to be falling because they are a decent three-point shooting team. They just can't hit twos. But that's easier said than done on the road where they've won four of 16 games, talking about Detroit. Uh, Oakland won the first meeting. It was pretty easy relatively easy in that game. I think they won by nine, but they were up double digits, 16, 17 points at one point of the game. So I'm betting they get the season sweep. It's not an Arizona play from last night. It's not one of those big kind of plays. It's more like the uh, game we talked about yesterday for me on your show was North Dakota State, which was a small play, and that's what this is. And that was a winner. All I got tonight is kind of looked at Fairfield, Marco, a little bit, but I decided to hold off, but Oakland's a play tonight. I went one in the uh, horizon. I went with Wright State plus the points against Cleveland State. Wright State lost at home. They're playing good basketball right now. I like to get on teams, and that's last night I was on a uh, South Alabama. Okay. Uh, nice win. They're playing good basketball right now in defense. That's what I like to look at. Wright State, last six games, they've held five of those six opponents to 43% or less shooting. And I'm always, you know, it's not a big spread. They're only plus two. But you give me the underdog with the better defense. I don't care if it's football, basketball. Sure. You're always going to have me looking there to start. And that's where I, where I landed tonight for one play. All right. Uh, 
Dayton is uh, at Loyola uh, tonight. Loyola really has struggled a lot this year. Uh, Dayton, if we remember, they were a top 20 team earlier on the season. UNLV actually uh, knocked them off. Uh, but Dayton, a, a six-and-a-half-point choice on the road uh, here tonight. And I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of people still remember, you know, Loyola for, you know, being good. Uh, again, you know, when Porter Moser was there and I was off at, uh, at Oklahoma, uh, but this is a this is a program that uh, still has some decent talent. But why has Loyola, you think, struggled so much and much to the you know, chagrin of Sister Jean? You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, our good friend Pete Gillen, who comes on the show, uh, sent me this picture. He did one of the Loyola games there a couple weeks ago. Had a picture of him and Sister Jean, 101 years old now. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, she's supporting the Catholic school, and she could stay in Illinois, but there's DePaul. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll take her at Creighton. Yeah. She can ride along behind the bench at Creighton. And like that. I got no problem that. We'll take it, all the help we can get. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, it's Porter Moser. Boy, did he, he's hurt two programs since leaving Loyola. He's hurt mm-hmm. Oklahoma. They're down this year. Mm-hmm. He's having problems with the fans, and he's telling them to mm-hmm. calm down, all that kind of stuff. And former Creighton Blue Jay, by the way, Porter <laughs> Moser. There you go. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Loyola's never been, like, loaded with talent in our yeah. lifetime for the most part. And he was just that kind of coach, I think, who's a great mid-major coach who can get guys to buy into a system. And when you're going up against equal talent, you got that coaching edge in those mid-majors, which I think puts you over the top, and you can win mm. 20 games a season, maybe make that miracle run once in a while mm. in March. But now he's going up against you know, some of those teams that can win national championships mm. or at least get to the Elite Eight when you're talking about Kansas State, Kansas, mm. TCU before Miles mm. got hurt, you know, teams of that nature. So it's a huge step up in level of competition. Mm. And all of a sudden, you've got equal or maybe even a little bit less talent than you than your opponents were before. Even if you had equal talent, it was a situation where the, he was such a good mid-major coach he could get everybody to buy in to that plan. Doesn't work so easily. It's going to be interesting to see if he figures things out, or you know, next season because they're not going to give him. I don't think a whole lot of time to get things right with that Sooner program. Yeah, it's taking over for our good friend Lon Kruger. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's take a look at some of the action tomorrow. Marco, what, what are your eyes on tomorrow? Well, tomorrow, my one of my best plays so far, I haven't gone through the entire hundred and some games. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I like Nevada, go here for the Mountain West Conference here. Mm-hmm. You know, being here with UNLV, we watch the conference and such. I like Utah State at home. Um, this is a team that is six and three their last nine games. Okay. The three losses, two of the three losses came to San Diego State. San Diego State, top team in the Mountain West. San Diego State, top 25 team. Every year, we know what you get out of San Diego State. When they lost back-to-back games in the last week there, they're coming off the San Diego State home loss where it was a gut-wrencher. It was a two-point game, 63-61, back and forth. When you lose a game like that, and to quote one of our friends that Scott's done many a shows with him as well, Dave Koken used to say, lose the same game twice. Yep. And that's what I think happened to Utah State in the, their other game after the San Diego State. So, 6-3, and three, and San Diego State was... The reason for the three losses, two directly and one indirectly. Nevada's a different team on the road than they are at home. I'm going to take Utah State in this one, and uh, they've held their last three opponents, 39, 41, and 43% shooting. Playing at home, small number. I'm going to go ahead and lay the points. Revenge game, too, from what I remember, too. I remember that uh, Nevada beat Utah State uh, back in Reno uh, earlier this year. And... You know, in, in college basketball, I think you and I both subscribe to this too. Uh, you know, the revenge thing does play into part. And Scott and I talked about this on the show yesterday. That's why I liked Gonzaga last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gonzaga, you, if you watch that game, they just came out and they said, we're locked down defense. We are going to humiliate this team in Marymount because mm-hmm. Marymount snapped their 70 game home win streak. Right. Uh, Gonzaga was so fired up. When I saw that line last night at eight and a half, you get it. And I think. They, they ended up winning by 45. Yeah. Uh, at one point in time, they were up by 50. So uh, Utah State is a great home team, as, as we've seen. So I, I, can, I can see that happening. You're right. Nevada, we saw them here uh, against uh, UNLV. Uh, they've lost three of their last four road games mm-hmm. as well, too. So um, I can see where you're going with that. I can see that. All right. Speaking of the Crane Blue Jays, what about the Blue Jays, Scott? Heard of them. <laughs> By the way, I just got one of my plays done. Thanks, Marco. <laughs> Don't have to worry about handicapping right. tonight. <laughs> got about 90 more. <laughs> All right. I'm, a, I'm a huge, obviously, I grew up 
pretty close to Creighton campus. Happy birthday, Mario, as he walks by. Happy birthday, my man. <laughs> Shake it up. <laughs> so I, I grew up a, a big fan. I was a big Willis Reed yep. fan when he was coaching there, Benoit Benjamin and all those guys. I won't get too deep into that. But listen, this is a team that I have ranked like one or two spots behind Ken Palm, my power ratings. Eight or nine losses on the season. Ken Palm still got them right around his top ten. Uh, went against him the other night. A small play on Providence. That could have gone either way, obviously. But uh, Providence got the win in two OTs. And I'm a big Ed Cooley fan, by the way. I think he does as good of a job as any coach in this country and doesn't always have the best depth, but he's able to go out there and get him to do what he needs him to do. Uh, so I thought they were in a tough spot the other night against the Friars. I like him in this game against St. John's. They blew out St. John's by 28 earlier this season. They're coming off the loss. That starting five for the Blue Jays is as good as it gets. And you're talking yeah. about, obviously, the big guy who was out for a while, uh, Kalkbrenner, Kaluma, mm-hmm. Nimhard, Alexander Shireman. Any one of those five guys can score 20 on any given night, and the others are going to score yep. 10 or more. The problem with, and I like him in this game, the problem with Creighton in March, and I, I sat there and I kept going back and forth when they were like 50 to 1 after they mm-hmm. lost like five in a row, whatever it was, when they had all the flu bug going around. And I'm sitting there going, man, I want to jump in 50. I think I saw as high as 70 to 1 when they're on that losing streak. And I held off for one reason. Just check out the box score for the Providence game. Double overtime game. <laughs> all five starters played 40 minutes plus, And... The, the the most or the, the the guy off the bench that played the most minutes it's like eight or nine minutes mm-hmm. that's the problem with Creighton they got an incredible starting five compete with anybody in the country but the bench mm-hmm. is lacking and I like him in this game uh, I'm not a, a fan of St John's at all and again mm-hmm. they won that game by 28 and if you look at what they did they're so tough on teams outside of the top 50. Ken Palm's top 50. They beat Seton Hall by 22 and 13. They beat Butler by 21 and 22. They beat DePaul by 15. St. John's can't shoot. They can't defend the three. They're one of these teams that's outside the the ratings, you know, the top 50, and I think Creighton does a number on them coming off that loss. Creighton on the road uh, tomorrow. Six and a half, by the way, was the spread I saw earlier. Okay. Uh, Big Ten action tomorrow, Illinois and Indiana, and the Hoosiers are four and a half point favorite. Indiana won the first meeting 80 to 65. Uh, This Indiana team, they were getting drilled the other night uh, by Northwestern, uh, down by as many as 20 in that game, came back uh, to tie this game up, and then they lost a buzzer beater uh, the other night. They were a two-point road favorite. But uh, how do you like Indiana in a bounce-back game tomorrow, Marco? You look at it and you think they already won on the road. They should win at home, bounce back. The problem with Indiana is I like Indiana more when they're an underdog than when they're a favorite because they like to play those games. It's a race to 60. We're going to be in, you know, both teams in the 60. And if you go back and look at the first game and you want to talk about revenge, I look at revenge, but revenge, you know, we say it all the time. It's the most overused term in sports betting because every game somebody's got revenge, okay? They all don't get there. So you got to find your spots where they're at. And when I went back and looked at the first meeting, Illinois only shot 38% in that game. So not only did they have a horrible night on their end of it, but Indiana was the complete opposite. They shot an insane 62% from the floor in that first meeting. I just don't see them doing that again. I think this is going to be, can I steal your slobber nogger? There you go. <laughs> Knocker one. And, uh, uh, is this going to be a thing now? Well, he, we used to do radio shows yeah. all the time. And the first time he, he laid that one on me, I had to like cover up the mic because I just started, I had never heard that term before. But uh, this is going to be that type of game. You know, Big Ten basketball, two teams that can play defense. I got to go with the points. Obviously, right. I hung out in dirtier, scummier bars than Marco did. <laughs> well, there's Nebraska, you know, places where you hung there out you when you're growing up, you know. We never threw the ball I, against the law in Nebraska, so we had slobber knockers. Let's go. I mean, wait, wait, Omaha, Pittsburgh, I mean, you know, okay, okay. Shot in a beer town. <laughs> Blue-collar blue cities, to be sure. Although they got tech crazy at them all now. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Iowa State is at Kansas State uh, tomorrow. Iowa State won the first meeting 80-76 to a couple weeks ago. K-State a two-and-a-half-point favorite. These are two teams that really are sliding backwards right now. K-State's lost five of their last seven. Iowa State's lost uh, five of their last eight. Uh, Our good friend T.J. Otzelberger for for Iowa State. Caleb Grill, uh, he took him with him uh, from UNLV. But... uh, 
I've been kind of lucky with Iowa State getting on them and getting against them. Uh, not exactly sure how I see this one tomorrow. Scott, uh, g- give me a take on the Cyclones and the Wildcats. Yeah, and I reserve the right to change my mind before tonight. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm leading towards Kansas State in this one. 12-1 yeah. and one at home straight up. And the only loss came by uh, three to Texas. And K-State actually led that game by 14 at one point of that game. Uh, but revenge for just a four-point loss in Ames, Iowa. Tough place to play. Um, it was a night when the Cyclones, speaking of 62%, how about the Cyclones making 67% of their two-pointers and only winning that game by four points against K-State? And that was at home. They were 23 of 33 in that contest, and the difference in the game really did come in the first 10 minutes of the second half where K-State went into a drought. Cyclones couldn't miss a shot. Outscored them like 23 to 13 in those first 10 minutes of the second half. But uh, Iowa State's won just two road games all season, and the last road win came over a month ago. It's not a good shooting team. They can turn the ball over too much, especially uh, away from home. And K-State, you know, this is a good assist team. They distribute the basketball and look for the open man as well as anybody in college basketball right now. Strong on the defensive end. It'll be a faster pace that they're looking for, though, because Iowa State's going to try to be deliberate like they tend to do. But as of now, I think K-State, and I saw three – as of now, I think three is a fair number, and, mm-hmm. and those were at books a couple of hours ago that are limited action type of books, so we'll see you know, if it starts popping up around here at the Westgate and places like that, but uh, I did see K-State minus three and thought that's not a bad number yeah. if you like the Cats. I can see that. I agree with uh, K-State being uh, at home. This is The Big 12 is one of those conferences that I feel the home road dichotomy between some of these teams, and I always point out, and Scott, you can remember I, we used to talk about it, Teams that have to go on the road and go to West Virginia or, rest, or when West Virginia is on, geographically, they're right. not a Big 12 team. And it's not like football. You're playing one game a week, you know, so the travel to in basketball, it's a, it's a big deal uh, when you've got one of those. And I think Kansas State, they were good for three quarters of the season. They haven't been the same since the rematch against Kansas. Right. They took Kansas in the first meeting and then when they had to rematch and Kansas got their revenge, you know, now they've lost four out of five. But back at home, I think they get the job done against Iowa State. And Iowa State had some big wins at home. They caught teams at the right time. Mm-hmm. Case in point, when they beat Kansas at home, that was the game immediately following Kansas getting their revenge against the K-State. And again, you know, me and you do a lot, and I know Scott does as well. We look at numbers, but we look at the situations, Absolutely. and those are the things you got to look at. And I think this spot favors Kansas State. My, my favorite thing to do, and I tell yeah. people I was asked on, oh gosh, I think it was the Phoenix show earlier today, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward now that football's over, what's your best piece of advice when it comes to handicapping college basketball? And I gave a couple of things, but in my top four, mm-hmm. maybe three, mm-hmm. is you got to look and see what teams are doing. Over the course of the week before, like I said, I handy, yeah, I start yeah. looking at games on Monday for that Saturday big card. Mm-hmm. Kansas was in a horrible spot in that game at Iowa State, mm-hmm. and you look for that all the time. Arizona, you know, that first loss to Utah, that was right after the Maui Classic right. when they're playing top 10, top 15, top 20 teams three mm-hmm. days in a row. Yeah. Then they got to go lace them up as soon as they get to the mainland up at Utah. That's tough stuff. Right. So look at that stuff. I, I absolutely agree uh, with Marco. All right, probably the marquee game uh, tomorrow is Baylor at Kansas. Speaking of those Jayhawks, uh, Baylor number nine in the country and the Jayhawks at number five. Kansas is a five-point home favorite in this one. Baylor won the first meeting 75-69. That was a... That was a great game. These Baylor Bears, uh, they've done me some good justice uh, you know, over the last month, month and a half or so. Uh, now they're going in to, uh, to Fog Allen tomorrow. Any thoughts on that, guys? As of now, I'm leaning towards Kansas. I just, you know, I'll ask Marco what his thoughts are, but that might be a play for me tomorrow. Um, it's kind of funny because I, I, all I can picture when he was introducing the game just now, Marco, was Bill Self going, they're just better than us. <laughs> you know, that's all I can picture. And I think, I think Kansas might be a little bit better this time around, especially yeah. at the fog, at Fog Allen. And uh, I, I would lean towards, it, it's either going to be Kansas or pass for me. All right. For me, I'm looking at Kansas as well. Baylor is playing well. They've won 10 of their last 11 games. Here's the thing. Uh, of those 10 wins, they, most of them have been against the bottom half of the Big 12. They haven't been playing the top four. So that 10-1 run looks very gaudy. And when they played Kansas the first time, they got Kansas coming off a big game. This is a spot for Kansas. Uh, Baylor... Uh, 
you know, again, Big 12, I got to have a really strong reason to take a road team in the yeah. Big 12, okay? And I don't see it here in this one. Kansas State's 12-1 and one straight up at home. We're not laying that big of a number because Kansas is perceived to be down just a notch this year from where they're supposed to be, yet here they are, still competing for the Big you know, you got to slay the dragon before you win the Big 12, and that is still Kansas. All right. Uh, Baylor's got uh, some great guard play. I actually like Baylor's guards a little bit better than Kansas, but again, you know, Kansas at home, like you say, and put some credence into that about Baylor being uh, beating a lot of the, the bottom half of uh, the Big 12. Uh, going over to the Big 10 real quick, guys. Uh, rivalry tomorrow, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan hosting this game. They're favored by two. Uh, Sparty won the first game in a low scoring kind of an ugly game 59-53 uh, a few weeks back um, this Michigan team is is, is kind of hard for, for me to handicap and this is a team that usually gets going at this time of year and they're always a threat in the Big Ten tournament and then uh, in the NCAA tournament here still not 100% sold on Sparty here I know a lot of people will look at Michigan and say hey there's pretty good value here You're getting them at home get them in a revenge situation any thoughts on on the Wolverines and Sparty tomorrow. Both of these teams have been below what we expect them to be. Your Michigan State, you keep waiting for them to go on the patented Izzo run in, in you know late February and have that momentum going into March. He plays a ridiculously tough schedule beginning of the season. He just doesn't have those horses, though, this year. He you know? doesn't. But yeah. I look at this line, and if the line is what we're seeing on the early number – Almost looks too easy for me to what grab Michigan. Right now, I'm seeing it two, right? two. two. Yeah. Okay. You know, at two, if you put the gun to my head, and I hate that saying because one of these days you're going to do it to me. Not a pilot man, my friend. Uh, I'm looking I'm at, at Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would look to Michigan State. You mentioned that, or you did that, yeah. uh, TC, that Izzo doesn't have the horses. Well, Michigan doesn't have the coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jawan Howard, oh, give me a break. You know, and, and I remember I was doing a show this past weekend, and we were talking briefly about, I don't know why it came up about Michigan, and the person I was doing the show with, uh, he was talking about he remembered when Beeline left and how good he was, the coach yeah. of Michigan, how great they were. And, and they were a championship contender every year. And when they hired Jawan Howard, somebody had said on one of the networks like ESPN, mm. oh, man, now they've got fire. Now they've got, you know, da 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 da, da. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> also had discipline with Beeline, yeah. which yeah. they don't and, have and, now. And they were a Final Four contender every yeah. year. Yeah. Now, I, I would go Michigan State or nothing. I just can't back a Jawan Howard coached team. I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to put the guy under the wheels or whatever, but this guy is not a very good coach right now because he's a little bit too immature uh, on the on the on the bench. Oh yeah, but we've seen that. Tough, yeah, you know? we've seen that. The raw raw guys are only good for so long. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then you know the the music stops. And you know what's funny about that? <laughs> it, it, the reason why, well, obviously a lot of people think that he got the job just because he's a you know, Fab Five alum, but right. this guy spent so many years, over a dozen years in the NBA as as a top-notch assistant, mm -hmm. and you thought, okay, the guy's ready. I wouldn't expect that type of immaturity, like you said, losing his cool, squaring off against other coaches screaming and other players, players and yeah. screaming at his own players, but you know, we've seen how, you know, you know, he got suspended there for a while too. You know, um, Peter you know, Principal go, go, going up against the Maryland coach. I mean, yeah. th those guys. You know, for you know, the last couple of years going at each other. So yeah, it's it, it's very strange. But I still like Hunter Dickinson. I think you sure. know, again, he's a game changer. Uh, still some pretty good guard play. But yeah, it's you know, for me, you're, you hit the nail on the head when you said neither team is is the same team that it's we're a accustomed game. I'm to seeing. So I'm just you know, yeah. I would lean towards state, but yeah. I'm pass. Yeah, could you imagine Howard? And go back and bring Bobby Knight in his prime. <laughs> oh, what, we, what we would have. That'd be great. That'd be a steel cage match. <laughs> Knight would throw a chair. Juan would throw a bench. <laughs> it would just escalate. There it is. And, uh, he'd be like, you're bringing a chair to a bench fight? <laughs> Anything else you're looking at tomorrow, Scott? Uh, so far, let me see what I threw down here. I'm going to give TCU a look again tonight. Miles is supposed to return tomorrow. 
I got to think about that one a little bit because sometimes when a guy misses some time, uh, you've got a situation where they're a little bit rusty. You know, they've been trying to do some things that maybe just don't quite fit. Yeah. But I'll be looking at TCU later tonight to see if I want to jump on them. You know, they've lost four in a row in five of six. He played four minutes in that January 28th game against mm-hmm. Miss State, and that was it. And since then, they've just been nothing without him. He's yeah. such a key cog, obviously, to that basketball team. They were 16-4 and four with him healthy. Mm-hmm. There's now 17-9 and nine since mm-hmm. he's been away. It, the thing about the four losses that they had when they were 16-4, and four, and I'll make it quick here, they came against teams that were power rated between 10th and 29th. So they weren't getting beat by bad teams. Just got to make that decision. And I, if I got enough plays, I'll, they'll probably fall off the list. They'll be like, right. you know, first team out, so to speak. <laughs> and, and it's one of those situations where I got to decide if – if I want to jump in with Miles in his first game back. TCU, a five-point favorite at home tomorrow against Oak State. Marco, you got one one for the road? Yeah, I like the Tennessee-Kentucky game yep. over the total. And they had a low-scoring first beating. Both teams shot horrible in that game. And you've got Tennessee coming off the Alabama win. They played a huge defensive game in that one. They were shorthanded. Two players, two starters were out. I just don't see that same intensity on the defensive side for Tennessee in this game. In Kentucky, you know, my game plan is if the one guy comes back, I'm going to run. You want to have more possessions in this game. And if he's out, you've got an advantage with numbers. And if the guy's in there, you want to wear him out. You know, he's just coming off an injury. He's missed three games. Uh, The one guy missed three games. The other guy just missed the last game. Uh, We'll see if they're back tomorrow. But you got a low total. It's like it opened 133, 134. It's already gone to 135 on the early numbers. But as you know, these early numbers have come out. It only takes a couple. by 6 o'clock tonight. You can only take a couple bets and they they start rolling. But I like the over there. And Tennessee's a three-point road favorite in Lexington tomorrow against Kentucky. All right. uh, Great stuff, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, having you both here. Scott Spicer, DocSports.com. Go to DocSports uh, for Scott's plays and WagerTalk.com for Marco. And, again, uh, appreciate you guys always uh, for being uh, part of the show and everything and our two featured handicappers as we turn the page and look forward to March Madness. Love March Madness, don't absolutely, we? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There you go. All right, I want to thank Nunchuck back in the studio and, of course, our good friends Jay Cornegay and John Murray here at the Westgate Las Vegas. And uh, we are here, as you know, each and every Friday. Get ready for the tournament coming up here March 16th, 17th here at Hoop Central. We'll be talking a lot about that in the upcoming weeks. All right, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website. I'd like to thank, again, Scott, Mark, and Scott Savloff uh, joining us talking uh, uh, about Tiger Woods and the Genesis Golf Tournament live from the Riviera earlier today. We'll be back at it again on Monday. We'll uh, recap college basketball and have some more NFL news for you as well, too. But again, you miss any part of this show, the past shows, anything, it's all up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Wherever you find your podcast, look for the show there. All right, for Marco and Scott, have yourself a good one. Enjoy your weekend. We reconvene Monday at 2 o'clock.